Good morning, Mr. Jaguar Land Rover. Um, welcome to Central Midshires, Beijing Bank. How can I help you? Well, thing is, mate, we need to borrow some money. Um, I reckon a couple of billion ought to do it. <laughs> well, I have to tell you that uh, we banks aren't really lending anyone any money at the moment, uh, least of all in the sort of amounts you're talking about. Oh, go on, mate. Tell you what, in return, I'll give you a free Range Rover. A Range Rover? Please, sir, I run a bank. Don't you think people hate me enough already? Garrett Jones on speed! Hello and welcome to the Money Programme. I'm Valerie Singleton. With me is... Uh, who, who are you? Are you uh, I'm the Beverly Sisters. You're the Beverly Sisters. <laughs> well, all of them? It's just the way, the it's the way that we and the Andrew sisters and oh, I love the Andrew yeah, sisters. The Andrew I know, sisters. little hot pants. Anyway, sorry. Uh, and uh, Richard, who are you? On the well, uh, if you're Valerie Singleton, then I shall be a small elephant doing a poo on the studio floor. <laughs> if you're listening abroad, that will make no sense. Um, I don't know. Go to YouTube, look it up. It's a classic British TV moment from what the sixties that people still talk about. Was, Funnily yeah. enough, yeah. I've been in the studio uh, where I believe that happened. Is that right? Studio? Yes. Is that Studio Two at Television Centre? Uh, no, I. Studio- I, as I understand it, and I haven't properly looked this up, but then, you know, uh, for the purposes of this anecdote, I've been at Riverside Studios in Hammersmith, which, again, British viewers may remember as the scene of um, TFI Friday yes. in the 90s, but is, in fact, steeped in television history, and I've just remembered this is a programme about cars. Let's talk about cars! Oh, yeah. no, eventually. <laughs> Actually, for most of the Sorry. evening, we've been talking about 80s music, but that's a whole other subject. Uh, now, the, the reason why I said welcome to the Money programme is that we had big news this week about a bailout for the British motor industry which is not a bailout now if you're going to do a bailout for the British motor industry you'd start with well that scuba that amphibious lotus wouldn't you well if you oh, this is the thing and it's something that slightly annoys me in as much as sorry to be serious but I feel guilty for it's mentioning an elephant doing a poo earlier on I want to bring this back <laughs> on track which is to say that you see a lot of news reporting saying that the British government were going to bail out the British car industry. And it sort of led you to believe that they were going to basically do... Have um, some money. Yeah, here, just have, have some money. Some, have it. Just we have want it. it. Or, or, you know, do what they've done with at least one of our banks, which is essentially to buy them and, yeah. uh, and in effect, nationalise them. And, and then what you've got is British Leyland, because that's what yeah. happened in the 1970s. Yeah, didn't and it's not that well last time around. And, and w- w- what they're proposing to do fundamentally was, in essence, extend a line of credit to our car manufacturers because... The banks won't do that anymore. And yeah, it's well, not they... even the British government that's got that money. They've gone to Europe for a proportion of it, haven't they? Well, well it's yes. actually even more complicated than that, if I've got it straight, because the way I understand it is that we're talking about a $2.3 billion package. Now, that's a 1. thousand million, million, is it? Or is yeah, it? Yep. yeah, that's yep. a thousand million. Yep. Uh, so, modern way of doing uh, Billion. billions and millions. Yep. 1.3 billion of that is money that would come from the European Central Bank but that the British government is kind of helping to get into place but actually I think it's money that may have been actually sort of announced last year so it's not as new uh, as people yeah, might suggest it's a, and it's an it, initiative to promote greener cars so hang on and then the other billion is UK government uh, so, yeah, guarantees yeah, 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 yeah. for credit which again I think has to be linked to green initiatives and saving jobs so let me get this straight there's this huge wad of cash 2.3 billion pounds that's 2.3 thousand million pounds I love saying that a thousand million pounds 2.3 of them and that's going to be given to the British motor industry yes which is who 
<laughs> well, well that is a good question. Not not Tata. Uh, yes. Well, they're they're. they're uh, so well, it's, I don't know. All right, so purely British companies. Yeah. Uh, well, Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Good morning. Is that Her Majesty's Government? Yes. Good. I'm telephoning from the Morgan Motor Company in Malvern, near the 1930s. Now look here. I understand you are prepared to grant the British motor industry a series of loans in order to survive the current depression. Um, yes, sort of. Jolly good. Well, I am hereby informing you that we may require a substantial cash sum in order to survive the turbulent future. Right, and uh, how substantial an amount are we talking here? Seven shillings. Yes, that's right. I said seven shillings. Okay. So bally well get on with it. Dispatch a postal order on the first autogyro, or I shall be forced to write a stiff letter to the Prime Minister, Mr Asquith. A stiff letter? Yes, very stiff. On wood! Sniff petrol with Gareth on speed. Yes. Okay, so Morgan are going to get $2.3 billion. <laughs> I think Morgan, Morgan are okay. I think I would... Uh, Bristol are for, holy uh, British, yes. Yeah, they're Bristol. holy British. But, you know, in all seriousness, I guess in, in practical terms, what matters most you know, is whether people are hanging on to their jobs and whether people are mm. spending money on cars. Now, yep. people spending money on cars, buying the stuff that these British factories are producing, I'm actually not quite sure how much it's doing for the British motor industry because... If they're owned by foreign companies, I'm not. I, I, I just haven't got the first clue about the economics of uh, who's, in a sense, making the money. If okay. somebody's buying a car in Britain, yeah. But if, if you're buying a well, British-built Nissan, if yes. I was, uh, well, that's the thing. I think that doesn't. How well, I don't know. How, how different is that? I buying suspect a, that the fundamentals of this deal primarily go to our last essentially mass-produced and almost autonomous, although foreign-owned car company, which is Jaguar Land Rover. Yeah. yeah. Because Ford don't make actual cars here. They're still making vans in Southampton, but mm. that seems like it's a bit shaky. Um, they make engines and gearboxes. They make, I mean, they do make a lot of stuff. Let's not forget that Ford mm. do an awful lot of other stuff here, including an awful lot of R&D. Yeah. Oh. Um, the new Fiesta was basically done in Essex, um, mm. because that's where the small car division is based. So, and probably 90% of them are going to be sold as well. well yeah. <laughs> what you got in? Oh, I bought a Fiesta. Why is that then? Because it's a remarkably uh, well-engineered bit of uh, technology that's uh, essentially British-designed and will return uh, not only some reasonable style whilst driving around in Essex, but also give you reasonable economy. No, nah, no, nah, it's just force of habit. I'm a Dagenham man. <laughs> <laughs> Washington dragging its heels are over. My administration will not deny the facts. It will be guided by them. That is why I have asked the Environmental Protection Agency to reconsider its refusal to allow certain states to impose tighter controls on emissions 
for new cars and trucks. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get into my 6.6-liter V8-powered five-ton limousine to be driven the 400 yards to my next engagement. Oh, damn. Yeah, I've been sniffing petrol with Gareth Jones on speed. They don't mean no harm. Mm-hmm. You think about how people perceive Ford, and they always perceive it as a British company, even though it's American and... A lot yeah. of, mm-hmm. of their mm-hmm. European stuff is based in Germany, but they're forever perceived mm-hmm. as, as British. And Vauxhall as well, who do still make cars here because they're making Astras up in Ellesmere Port. But mm. whether they get a cut of the pie, because it's like their head offices are actually abroad, or a lot of their head office stuff is done abroad. GMURI. The uh, Ford of Britain, Vauxhall, they're like the sort of British branch offices of a larger European corporation. But mm-hmm. Jaguar and Indeed, Land Rover are sort of to, autonomous yeah. British businesses. Yeah. They're allowed to, much more so than when they're owned by Ford, I gather. Under Tata, they're allowed to sort of control their own destiny. So there's an argument that says, well, but, they need the help. They're employing a lot of people. And it's not just the people at their factories. I think the other thing is it's about the component suppliers. Because oh, there's a massive there. industry of that. Huge. And, and yeah. supplying stuff abroad as well. You know, there are, yeah. some, there are some factories here that are making, you know, dashboards and seats and all all sorts of other gubbins that you forget about. Um, a weird bit of trivia for you. In Northern Ireland, the old DeLorean factory is owned now by a French company that makes alloy wheels for the whole of the European car industry. Really? Many, many people mm. buy alloy wheels off this company. And they're making them in, in Belfast. Yeah. Well, that's part of the reason why the auto industry is still you know, a huge part of, yeah. of, of most Western economies. You know, It's not just buying and selling cars. It's all the bits that go into making yeah. the cars. Yeah. It's maintaining the cars afterwards. Yeah. All I tell you what, though, if I was Ratan Tata, mm. and I'm not, but if I were, I would switch development of the Nano to Jaguar Land Rover in the UK. That car needs some development because it's had quite a lot of criticism. You know, the initial reaction of, wow, this is going to be great, has been yeah. dulled by everyone going, oh, hang on, ooh, it's going to be a bit this, that, and the other. It's not going to be as safe on the road as it needs to be. We need well, to be able to sell it in, in first world or at least yes, second world yeah, markets yeah. as well as the, to make it profitable. <laughs> We've got to get the volumes. And if he shifts the development of that to one of his yeah. sub-brands in the UK, they're going to get money for that from the government. Can I yeah, tell you but, a secret? If you do oh, hang on. No, it's not a secret about the, the, the Tata Nano. I think the Tata Nano might be a step too far. Although I see your point. It's an interesting scheme. If, yeah. if yes, if Jaguar adopted it and yeah. said, well, I don't know, uh, uh, interesting point, they own the Rover brand. Yeah, and the old city rover. Yeah, city rover. It's not yeah. a illustrious yeah, thing. But there's a way rover. in which they could sort of leverage that and go, okay, EU, give us all of the 1.3 billion because we're working on a super green car. Personally, I, I quite like the idea of the little diminutive Tata Nano being worked over by uh, Jaguar Land Rover. I, well, I, you think this because part of this deal is that 1.3 billion is coming from this EU grant scheme for greener cars so what if Jaguar went well look we're working on a, on a microscopic city car they could get the cash interesting idea yeah, it's a terrible fit of brands there isn't it you know Jaguar yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no benefit you can't sort of cross those brands anyway it's expensive to use Jaguar for nano development you want to do that somewhere cheaper but this thing about green development I'm just very sceptical about that because it seems it just has the ring of uh, you know just tagging green onto another initiative the important thing is to do with the economy and to do with jobs and and, you know I have absolutely no idea and a lot of economists clearly have no idea a lot of Ministers and bankers clearly have no idea about how to really make this stuff work. But well, no, they don't. I mean, this is the thing. I was reading no, this they don't. in it's... the government's uh, initial statement about this money being given to the car industry, 
and they said something like uh, it will be funding more fuel-efficient cars and technologies such as plug-in hybrids. And I'd like to say, dear Mr Mandelson, do you know what a plug-in hybrid is? Do you know how it works? Mm. Who in the car industry do you think currently leads the way in this technology? Yeah. If you can answer any of these things, and don't say Toyota, you're only saying that because you've got a hybrid Prius as your company car, and you probably think it's the most ecological car out there. Here's the thing. Pete, me old mucker, <laughs> do you know the relative CO2 emissions of a Prius in the real world versus, say, a 1.2 litre Fiat 500 or the a Toyota IQ. Econetic, mm. or even a Toyota e- yeah. IQ, which doesn't have hybrid written on the back, so therefore yeah. must be worse, except it's not, it's better. Yeah. They don't understand these things. A government yeah. that actually fully understands the car industry and the steps that it's made to improve its CO2 emissions relative to, say, major industry, power generation, or even the domestic boiler... And they know none of these things, yeah. and, they, and they assume the car industry is the big bad evil because it's an easily taxed soft target. I, and if this is not the time to start this greenwash, it's a time to say there's a lot of jobs at stake, let's ooh. just sort those out, because if we don't, we will be so bankrupt, we'll all be having to burn our houses, and then what kind of emissions are we going to have? Yeah. Thank you. As the, um, I'm sorry, I had a rant there. No, that was yeah, beautiful. Yeah. That, good um, rant, uh, we, good rant. I, so, although that isn't, you know, to be anywhere critical. I, I assume this is what you're all suggesting. I mean, you know, that's not being anywhere critical of developing hybrid cars and electric cars no, and developing no, no, technology. No, no. All good things. And people yes. are going to be more interested in but that. There's but, a time and a place. But, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And you know, your priority with a package like that is supporting the industry. Yes. And as the Plaid Cymru candidate for Stoke Newington. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, How yeah, many votes are you expecting exactly? For just, just the one. Actually, that family next door, I think it's just a holiday home, so you better... <laughs> I can burn it down. Speaking burning house. <laughs> I've, I've bought my own home in Wales so I can burn it down, save anyone else the trouble. <laughs> but this is my political stance on this, is that the government have utterly got this wrong, talking about priorities. The problem is not the cash flow that the motor industry needs uh, they don't need a loan to get people to get to get car manufacturing started again. They need to put money at the other end. It's not the manufacturing the cars that's a problem. They've got stockpiles of cars mm. all over airfields, all over Britain and Europe. It's people like us three and the people who listen to this program who would quite like to go out there and buy a car at the moment, but they are feeling we are feeling so threatened by. Sky News and News 24's constant reiteration of this credit crunch that we're terrified to go out and spend our money. Uh, And the real solution, in my opinion, to this problem is doing what they've done in Germany and what they did in Italy some 10 years ago, and that is giving you a couple of grand for your banger. And that would drive you into a car dealership. You'd buy a car, you'd empty those stocks. The car manufacturers would suddenly find themselves with a glut of cash through the dealerships the money would start flowing again and they'd be back in business without having to tie up any other money from the European Union that seriously that's so, so to be clear what you're suggesting is basically yeah. like a, a, a subsidy for car dealers to buy cars par exchange is, is, yeah. is that what you're suggesting yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where the money it, it, it's, it's for us that's, that's well. idea, the you're money's for us not the dealers more polluting cars off the road exactly you're also that taking out. them in, a, in a, an organised mm. institutionalised yeah. scheme that means that they those cars are then correctly recycled yeah, rather again than green check Yep. And you're keeping people making cars and selling cars and keeping this huge industry going. It's an ingenious idea, well, Mr and, Jones, I salute you. And it's a better approach than sort of supplying credit to people to think? buy the cars, because <laughs> this is, you know, getting that credit thing right well, is... Thing is what got the, exactly. In the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You can't the problem is not yeah. the industry, it's the market. OK, uh, 
There we are. Next week, Gareth Jones on Speed sorts out the Arab-Israeli problem. Oh, that's easy. Oh, no, don't. No, no, just... Gareth Jones on Speed. Salam, eh, shalom. I've saved the most exciting thing that's happened in motorsport in the last couple of weeks till last. Because when I heard that Aston Martin were going for an assault on an outright win at Le Mans this year, I almost had a happy accident, I have to say. <laughs> we sort of sensed it was coming, because I remember Dave Richard saying at the end of the race, that, oh yes, now all out win you know, yeah, was in the realm's yeah, yeah. possibility. We've mentioned it on this programme, but they are doing it. And just to make Zog happy, I mean, talk about making us all happy. First of all, it's Le Mans, which makes me happy. Second of all, it's Aston Martin, which I know makes Richard happy. Third of all... It's going to be painted in the golf colours, Zog, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's going to look beautiful. Yeah, how exciting is this? And how late have they left it? Because, I mean, it's been talked mm-hmm. about as a possibility for a while. It's obviously been an ambition that David has had and they've had. But, yeah, this is, they're leaving to the last minute to announce it and, uh, and they're uh, taking on get some the programme on. Big guns, aren't they? If you think Peugeot, everyone might have said, hmm, could well really win it in 2009. If... Audi don't, and Audi have had to pull out all the stops. Yeah, they're bringing out the R15. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. which is well, I was going to say that's it's dangerous because it's a new car, week, but then they this very rarely. Yeah. Sorry, you both spoke at the same time. Sorry. Then what was that? Who's going to t- 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 say? Go, go for it. What oh yeah, no, I just and which I, th- I think they're only going to run the R15 at two races, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Sebring and uh, and Le Mans, yeah. which uh, actually sort of ties into what I was going to say, which is just that. It seems like a dangerous strategy. It's a brand new car. And I was going to say, well, Audi very rarely mess up with that kind of thing. History has shown that. But they're running it in relatively few races before it has to go for the big kahuna at Le Mans in the summer. So, yeah, there's got to be a bit of a margin of error there. Peugeot tried and almost did it, but failed there. Audi is just so strong. but so you just strong. don't Peugeot, know. But, they, but that's the thing. But they've not made they've not made life easy for themselves. Peugeot, I think, have got a, a good shot at it. Oh, but right. let's be honest, they had a good shot at it last year, and it didn't quite work out for them. Yeah. Although all I'm trying to say is really that I, I think it's a long shot, but it's not outside the realms of possibility that some freaky deaky thing could happen. Mm-hmm. And Aston Martin just sort of sneak in there. I don't know. Well, as you say, you know, it is a bit of a long shot, but of all the people that could come in and say, we're going to mount a big challenge and to do it in so little time, they're one of the outfits that could realistically do it. It's going to be a long shot. Well, also, you know, let's face it, the, the, the boss man challenge. of Aston Martin, apart from Ulrich... Uh, Bez. Freak, freak dancing Bez, <laughs> is, um, all right. is Dave... Ed Richards, who knows how to run a race team. He certainly does, yeah. By gum, he made that Honda team work where no one else could, didn't he? Yes, and then he left and they were rubbish. Exactly. And I also like what they've done with the car because, all right, don't tell anyone I told you this, right? I don't think it's really an Aston Martin. It's really a Lola with a coupe <laughs> body top on it. It really is. Well, but, yeah. to be fair, I mean, it was a Lola. They ran the car, Chiroz Racing. We saw that car run yeah. at Le Mans ourselves last year, and it did very well. It was the highest paced petrol car in LMP1, I think. And if it hadn't had a crash early on, um, Jan Chiroz himself, I think, put it in the gravel, then it would have finished higher than two of the 
Audis, I think. I could be wrong in saying that. And the thing is that the rules, I believe, are being tweaked this year to slightly reduce the advantage that the diesel cars have had recently. Mm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So so maybe this is a year for a, a good petrol engine car to you know have a shot at the title. Fantastic! I'm so excited. And Thomas Enger is going to be driving one of them, who I love to bits, as you know. The car, like I was saying. I, I, I know it's a Lola, but they've made it look a bit more like an Aston Martin because it's a development of last year's car, which had that really stupid angular centre section on the nose that was just horrid. And now they've given it something that's a bit more like the Aston Martin. As much as they can sort of within the confines of of what's reasonable aerodynamics because that has to come first. If they'd made it real like an Aston Martin, they would have just made it look like a sort of loose knockoff of the same ideas that Ian Callum invented for them many years. (laughs) (laughs) it's it's surprising how good a job the the teams often do of of making a car look like to some extent, yeah, a BMW, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. a lot of it's actually yeah, even just graphics, though, isn't it? It's just, well, it's just well, uh, graphics in the sense of just stickers that go on the car. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, a, a round, a logo in the right place, yeah. and then yeah. some other decaling yeah. and sort of lines yeah. maybe that yeah. just yeah, suggest... Well, my favourite for that is NASCAR, where they're all basically the same shape, but yeah. they just they, they really do put stickers on yeah. that replicate the headlights yeah. and the taillights mm. and even like the sort of door lines of a normal car that you can buy, even though what you're basically looking at is as related to the car on your drive as a spaceship. But they do a really <laughs> good job in that respect. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what they should do. You know, I was yeah. talking a, a couple of programmes ago about seeing an Aston Martin Rapide prototype. Yeah. Now I'm basically being stalked by Aston Martin Rapide Have you seen another? It's like being in that Spielberg movie, Jewel, where you're constantly <laughs> followed by the truck. But I'm being constantly followed by uh, a very black, taped-up Aston Martin four-door. Yeah, I've seen them like, uh, now it's three times. In the Midlands? Uh, yes, in the Midlands, though, once was on the M40 when it was quite quite near London, probably in sort of like Buckinghamshire or something. So, yeah. But it, it's just, Hang on, Richard. This is all in the space Richard. of two weeks. Richard. So, Richard. Who's stalking who, Richard? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Look, I'm driving a bright blue Mitsubishi Evo 10 with the most crass and horrid wing on the back. I would be the worst spy in the whole world. <laughs> As you say, it's James Bond. He turns up in an Aston Martin. <laughs> there you go. You're Bond in reverse. Yes. So we're excited. Uh, Le Mans going to be quadruple fantastic this year, I think. Um, can we persuade Aston Martin to fly us all out there or drive us all out there in one of their cars? Can we? Can we? Can I don't know. Sure. I think if you got on an Aston Martin flight, you'd go, hang on a minute, these seats are from a Volvo. <laughs> actually, I'd probably be having a nicer time in a cheaper Jaguar flight. Volvo would make good planes if they made planes. Oh, my I God, bet. imagine that. The seats like, alone would be superb. And if you crashed, you'd probably be able to walk yeah, away okay. Absolutely. So there's going to be two Aston Martins running in LMP1 at Le Mans this year. Possibly, possibly even three. a third. Yeah, yeah. A third They'll have to get external sponsorship for that, and I bet that won't be in the golf colours in the third car. That's mm, what I reckon yeah. they're talking okay. about here. Maybe we could sponsor one quarter of the a wing mirror. Well, hang on, we, yeah. I thought we were, buying, we were buying the Honda team. Well, we, we, well, we might as jet. well. Have them both, we might get a deal. I'm know. glad I went to the cash machine this morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> ex- expensive. So, all right, come on, let's make a completely random prediction. Dave Richards is saying we're aiming for a podium, isn't he? But what he really means is we quite like to win it. Are they going to win it? Are they going to get the podium? Are they going to get third place? Who's going to win it? It's going to be Peugeot. I know at this point it just gets oh, right. I don't know. What you're asking me to do, really, you're asking Thank all of us to do, try. is separate dreams from reality. Yeah, yeah. I know I, it's hard on this show. <laughs> don't want to do that. Oh, yes, it would be lovely to see them win. So let's, yeah. for the sake of positive thinking, let's say, yes, they're going to win. 
they're going to get first, second, third, and fourth with a car that isn't even in the race. <laughs> Just some bloke who comes up. Probably one of those rapide prototypes that's following me around. Uh, and, and yeah, it's all going to be lovely. I, I reckon that we're all Martin, going to live on the moon. Heart says Aston Martin. Heart says Aston Martin. One part of my head says Peugeot. But a strange, funny, tickling feeling at the back of my neck says it's actually going to be Audi with their new car that's going to win it because they're going to put all their research into that new car. Very short period, get it out there. I think we'll crack it. They're doing it for a reason, that's my thinking. But anyway, that's it. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed with Richard Porter. Goodbye. And with Zog. Goodbye. And uh, if you've got anything that you want to share with us on the subject of the British motor industry and bailouts and all that kind of thing, we love getting your emails. The email address, as always, is onspeed at garethjones.tv. I was Gareth Jones. This was Gareth Jones on Speed. We're back in about 12 days when we've got the small matter of all those new Formula One cars to talk about. We might want to mention Detroit at some point. Very exciting. I was Gareth Jones. Goodbye. speed at garethjones.tv get lyrics pictures and more information from www.garethjones.tv or subscribe for free at the itunes store gareth jones on speed is made by whizbang